Welcome to another episode of Some Little Shit Podcast. I am your host, Stacey R. And today on our show, we are going to have, again, Joseph Leonard, author of Terror Stripes and How to Write a Book. Today's topic is going to be about guns. And here we are with Joseph. Hello, hello. How are you? This morning for you. Well, it's morning for me still, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's early morning for me. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Well, it feels very early morning for me, too, because I was up watching all that speaker vote drama till what, 1.30 in the morning, uh, which I wrote an article on. Uh, uh, it's called Leverage, and about darn time somebody on our side use it which can be seen at tinyurl.com slash JLD articles. And then, of course, I was so wound up from that. I, had to, I, had to, I stayed up till three in the morning watching episodes of Jay Leno's reboot of the old Groucho Marx game show called You Bet Your Life. Uh, he has a reboot of that. So I, I watched some of that, you know, kind of farcical nonsense game show uh, to lighten my brain to hopefully be able to get to sleep. So I just got up a little bit ago. If we weren't recording now, I'd still be in bed. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I like those old school game shows when they bring them back, like uh, Password. They brought yeah. that back. Yeah, yeah, I love those too. Um, I, I don't like Fallon though, so I don't watch Password. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, I these game shows. I just I just watch them for the the excitement of the the guests and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, today, like, I'm not. I, I'm gonna be honest. I am not the. I don't speak politics. You know, <laughs> I don't, and I have to admit that. And a lot of people get on me about that because of the simple fact that I feel like. Sometimes when you start to take sides, you're never going to win. Somebody's not going to agree with you. And I, I, me, I guess you could say I sit on the fence. I have my own viewpoints about things, but it's always in the middle. It has to be neutral. And um, because for a long time, I mean, today's topic is about guns. And for a long yeah, time, you're, you're not neutral on that. No. Well, <laughs> here's, here's, here's the thing about that. I, when I first, um, because I was born in another country, but I came here and, uh, when I was about 18 years old, I was supposed to get my citizenship. And when I got to the point of filling out the paperwork and it got to the very end and it's like, do you want to bear arms? And I was like this hippy dippy girl, you know, I was, I, even though I was raised in another country, I basically in California. So we're a little, you know, a little liberal in California. So when it got to that point, I was like, oh no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not bearing arms. I'm like, I'm scared of a gun. I'm not going to use a gun. <laughs> I mean, even though I go shooting, I'm still scared of it. Like the weight and everything makes me nervous. When I went shooting the, um, the kickback on the gun makes me nervous. The loudness because I have tinnitus that made me like put the gun down. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I shot my two. Like, you know, I did my two shots already and then everybody's still going because they're feeling the the adrenaline from it. And I'm just like, okay, I did my two. I'm good. But yeah. um, the reason why I brought this up is because <laughs> I, I was talking to a business owner and he was like, 
He's like, I have a gun to protect myself. He's like, I have a, a, my license to carry. And I was like, well, why do you, you know, I was just, for some reason, I just got curious into why. And he was just like, have you seen what's happening in other countries? People are um, not even like they took their guns away and now their crime rate is up more and America's looking to yeah. do that. And I was like, yeah. oh, see, I feel comfortable with the cops having guns. But then they're not, them themselves are not comfortable with carrying guns. You know what I mean? They feel right. nervous anytime they come around somebody, they don't know somebody. I remember getting stopped um, for my ex speeding and they asked, they, he told me I needed to show my driver's license. And I was like, I'm not the one speeding. And I got two kids in the back seat. Like what? And after a while, first I took it personal, but then after a while I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, this guy doesn't even know me from nothing. And it's very dangerous out there being a cop. You have no idea. I could have been like one of those Cagnian, what do they call those? Um, from Pulp Fiction, the two serial killers from Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could have been one of those people. I would have been pulling out a gun and, oh, yeah, this. And <laughs> But, you know, that's why I brought up the subject because um, he was telling me about, you know, there's people with businesses get targeted too, you know, they get uh, followed home and um, they could lose their business at some point in time just by, you know, not being prepared. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of true. I mean, my business is actually from home and it's like, I still get nervous. I lock my doors. Yeah. Every time, yeah. even though like I'm in a safe neighborhood, I still lock my doors. Yeah. Well, I was just on, a podcast yesterday recording that should air uh, this coming week discussing how to write a book and get it published, hints, tips, and techniques. And uh, we got into politics. And she, you know, we agreed on uh, a lot of things. But then, of course, when it came to guns, she's one of these, well, we just need more love. You know, <laughs> you know, no, no one needs an AK-47. And I'm like, yeah, what? You're going to sit, you know, okay, flower child. Yeah, try to stick your daisy into the barrel of the gun of the person who's about to assassinate you. See how well that works, right? And no one needs an AK-47, number one. Just because you have a gun you shoot the gun doesn't mean you're automatically going to hit the target. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and what if there's three gang bangers all coming at you with glocks with extended 30, uh, you know, 30 bullet magazine clips. Mm -hmm. There's 90 bullets to be coming at you. If you're there with a six shooter, good luck. You're dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so don't give in. And, uh, you know, actually, let me back up. Yeah, no one needs an AK-47. You need a good old-fashioned American-made America Armalite 15. <laughs> well, let me let me touch on why Flower Child probably said that. I think <laughs> if you're gonna have an AK. I think the only time you should pull out that AK is when you know the world's coming to the end and you're in some like um, walking dead situation. You know, when you know or you know that there's going to be three people coming to your house shooting, 
um, uh, magazines each, that's when you need an AK or yeah, whatever. Um, assault AR, rifle. Yeah. AR, AR yeah. 15. And, and there's no such, there's, let me stop you. There's mm -hmm. no such thing as an assault rifle. Assault is an action verb. It is an action. It is something a person takes. The gun doesn't assault anybody right. ever. Right. Period. I just End go with the lingo. Yeah. <laughs> I go with what they say. Like I said, I told you before, like I am so, I don't speak the political language. Because... It, yeah. AAR 15 does not stand for assault rifle 15. Like I said, I used its full legal proper term. Arma white 15 they take the ar mm -hmm. for arma white shorten it to ar 15 then bastardize the term and then call it assault rifle instead of arma light because again the left cannot be honest in their discussion mm. again assault is an action it is the person that takes the action not the gun. And again, you have the AR-15 because you don't know what the threat is that is coming at you. And if you're, it's like the old saying, bringing a knife to a gunfight. If you bring the knife and they counter with a gun, too late, you're underprepared. So it's better to be overprepared and ready for what may come at you. Otherwise, again, if you're underprepared with that six-shooter and there's 90 bullets flying your way, you're done, you're dead. Unless if you hope they are such horrendous idiot shots uh -huh. that they can't even hit you with 90 bullets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only AR I know is AARP. So, I mean, I was just going with what everybody else was saying. And I no, was just like, again, oh, okay. that's, that's the left bastardization of language. The only way they can win an argument, like in this case, mm -hmm. is by redefining the terms and trying to change the reference of the discussion by automatically claiming uh, an intent behind anyone that has an AR-15 is looking to mass murder people. And that is obviously not the case. Now, obviously, a lot of uh, bad people uh, who get their hands on an AK-47 and in terror strikes coming soon to a city near you, uh, gun issues and gun control, which is why you have me on, is a, a subtopic. Uh, the weapon of choice of most organized terrorist groups is the AK-47 because, indeed, they have ill intent and wish to mass murder as many as possible. So, again, it's not the object, it's the person. And if it's not a gun, it can be a knife, like in mm -hmm. my London chapter. Mm -hmm. Since they have heavy gun control, there's a lot of stabbings. So now the idiots decide, let's make a law so you can't have any pointy knife. Well, hey, idiot, the sharp edge still flicks somebody's throat. 
<laughs> so, oh you know, uh, what are we all supposed to have next to outlaw anything except for butter knives? You know, then, mm -hmm. of course, they'll move to baseball bats or like happened to lot in Rocks. England. Rock. Cain killed Abel with a rock. With a rock. People, That's how it started. People can strangle somebody. Or, like we saw in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and I address in my London chapter also, because there's a lot of, they'll use cars to mow people down. So I guess, by their logic, we should make all cars, even electric cars, illegal because you can mow people down, like happened in Waukesha, Wisconsin, the Christmas parade. Mm -hmm. I think we discussed that as one of the uh, rare attacks that you, uh, of, of all the attacks that are happening, just because you're not hearing it due to the Wuhan virus hysteria consuming the news the last two and a half years. Uh, terror assaults are happening, you're just not hearing about it, but the Waukesha, uh, parade uh, Giza attack was one that you heard about and they only started reporting it because they thought it was an accident and the minute they found out it was a jihadist purposely mowing down Christians at a Christmas parade bingo it left the news <laughs> mm. I mean there's so much terror in this world that just thinking about trying to move ahead becomes hard for people, you know, especially like if my goal is to become an entrepreneur and, you know, give back to the people. And um, cause you know, a lot of, you notice a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and like, like people like Kim Kardashian and um, philanthropy, people like that, once they make money, they give back to the community. That's a way for them to make changes because the government itself, the money that they have, they're, the people that are there, sometimes they're just there to get a paycheck and they're not there to make changes. And so that's it's like the way it's supposed to work. And charity is a sub-theme in terrorist strikes coming soon to the city near you, not just about terrorism. Yes, be one, be your brother's keeper. It is, if you're religious, your commandment, one of your, not, you know, the literal Ten Commandment, but a commandment from our deity to be our brother's keeper. That has to do with charity. That doesn't have to do with, like a meme I share, uh, the apostles or Jesus's followers uh, you know, Jesus saying to take care of our neighbors. And one of the, in the in joking fashion with the meme, one of the followers says, uh, but can't we just hand that over to the Romans and let them deal with it? And Jesus says, apparently I lost you. Let me start over again. Right? It is our duty, charity, and terrorstrikes.info slash charity I have a page dedicated to that to, you know, to make that point. It is our duty. Redistribution, stealing from me and you by the government to then give handouts to people is not how it's supposed to be done. It's me and you giving to the local charities who know who the people that really are in need are and help 
through soup kitchens and things like that versus someone who's just wandering around looking for a handout so they can be lazy. The government is inefficient at everything it does. That's why it needs to be local charity. Uh, that's why that uh, commandment, I'll keep using that word, even though it's probably not the right one, <laughs> but, you know, for us to be our brother's keeper. And again, that it takes a village if you're not religious concept. It takes a village used to be a uh, a solid, well, it still is a solid sound principle before Hillary, like I said before about some bastardizing and twisting language. It takes a village. It takes me. It takes my family, extended family, my friends, my close neighbors to help raise my child because as a parent, you need a break at times. You need a babysitter, right? You, you need help at times. It doesn't mean the, the government, child services, stealing your child and raising your child or dictating to you as a parent how to raise your child. It's a warping of that it takes a village, which is a sound principle. It's warped again one of the many things of the twisting of language, like I talked about, but back to the gun control. At the end of our last show, where we talked about my book, How to Write a Book and Get It Published, Hints, Tips, and Techniques, uh, uh, we, we concluded with a tease about this show. And I said, to go back to the gun issue, uh, it's, it, it's the gun issue, the statistics, Lies, damn lies, and statistics, like they say. It's it's not the object, it's the person. And where there's a, a man with a gun, or whomever, woman, whomever, with ill intent to kill as many people as possible, where a law-abiding Second Amendment permit gun holder is present, the average number of deaths is only 2.3. Now, I say only, it's bad, zero, any more than zero deaths is bad, but human nature is human nature. Some people are warped and evil and want to kill. That's not going to end anytime soon, but where a person is there to meet them and stop them immediately, 2.3 deaths on average. In gun-free slaughter zones, the flower child, let's try love approach and put up a sign and say, hey, criminal, you can't bring your gun in here. Well, the criminal, by definition, ignores societal norms and the law. We're a gun-free slaughter zone, and they're there begging and pleading for the police to show up with a gun to stop the shooter the average number of deaths are 14.3. So if you're for gun-free slaughter zones, you are literally uh, allowing and permitting and saying it's okay that a dozen more people on average die in those situations. That's not logical. That's emotional 
hysterics. I don't like guns, so nobody should have a gun. I agree. Um, back to the subject that you said about the government and the handout. Um, that's why I started to redirect this podcast towards, um, you know, because at one point in time, as a single mom, I have needed assistance from the government. And, you know, but I was always the one that like, I cannot stay on this assistance. This ain't cutting <laughs> shit at all. Like this ain't paying no <laughs> bills. Like this right. is me sitting at home waiting for my kids to come home while I clean my house while I eat myself in misery that's all that's gonna do that money that they give you ain't shit and you know that's why I think like when you're sitting there waiting for that money to come in all the time and you could be trying to open up a business and that's why I encourage single moms who are sitting on the, the system the government don't just give you that little $500 check a month your rent's like 1500 yeah you know what I it, mean it, and it's all about creating dependency versus the biblical it takes a village sense well, like also, i would say your children you hand your children over to somebody in your village that is trustworthy and a local charity helping you to be able to find work to be productive in life and that extended family helps you whereas the government really isn't helping you it's just looking to make you dependent so you can still be independent and have help with in that case you know your children while then you do indeed then make enough to pay the bills and if not a local charity can be there to help you still indeed don't rely on the government because the government Again, because I'm a Christian, and I realize everybody in your audience isn't religious, but, you know, you don't really need to be religious to understand this common sense about, you know, the old, it take uh, it, the fish analogy, right? Mm -hmm. Give a man a fish, mm -hmm. he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, then he's independent and can feed himself for life. And by extension... The government wants to be the one giving the man a fish on a daily basis because then that man is dependent on somebody to continue to give him the fish. And they are malleable and controllable because they are dependent rather than independent when you teach someone to fish. I agree. That's why I feel like while you're sitting there and you don't have babysitters and you have to sit at home, Take advantage of like the SBDC, the economic, uh, take advantage of any possibilities that you can to create a business because they do help you to create a business. You could be selling um, bean pies out of your house for like $5 and you will find a grant for single women, um, ethnicity, there's grants out there that can help you create this industry. And I've seen so many successful single mother stories. Yeah. And yeah. just don't be, don't just don't accept what they're giving you. Don't right. take that and be like, okay, well, I've got five kids and I'm stuck on the system. It's $500 a piece. At least I'm, you know, doing that. Yes. Yeah. But you're stuck on the system until these kids are 18 years old. And who knows if they're even going to leave the house? Who knows if they're going to um get jobs? Because 
what did you teach them? What was yeah. your role model? Then you what know? are you what are you gonna do when that money dries up? Exactly. Yeah. And again, I would prefer you go to a charity and somebody within the charity with business sense helps you get your business started, helps you find private funding rather than government grants. But in this case, I agree with you that a government grant, a one-time chunk mm -hmm. to help you get a business started is an okay thing. It's, it's a giving you a leg up, mm -hmm. not a handout. It right. is to help you to start your way to independence rather than making you dependent. dependent. Exactly. And, uh, and yeah, today it's easier than ever because the internet is here. You can find customers for virtually anything for free just using social media. And if you can take that extra step to, or use Etsy to sell things and Amazon. eBay. Amazon. A yeah, Amazon for mm -hmm. free. For they free. Even, yeah, they <laughs> even have a program. They have a program yeah. on Amazon for accelerated uh, Black women because they see the need for Black women who are single moms who want to make money. They see that. They see people putting it out there. Hey, I was a single mom and I took my. Um, my check, my my little stipend that Biden gave me, and I became a millionaire. So yep. everybody's jumping on the bad wagon. Oh, you know what? If and I then, give them this, I can yep. do this. And all of a sudden, Amazon, AT&T, and all these companies are jumping on the bandwagon to help single Black or biracial or minority families. So don't yep. sit there and say, oh, woe is me. It's because I'm Black. Don't stop it. <laughs> and again, like your example, you're talking private funds now right. and private organizations, not mm -hmm. charities in this case, but the same thing, an extension, NGOs, non-governmental organizations, helping others to help themselves rather than get a handout. And then once you're established, then maybe you afford your own website to sell mm -hmm. direct through your own website, as well as through Amazon and Etsy. And, and you know, e e there's fees on eBay, but eBay is a great, great uh, place WordPress. to sell things too. Yeah, WordPress. WordPress. I mean, free. Mm -hmm. WordPress we're living, is free. We're living in a world where, I mean, people's excuses mm -hmm. uh are are just not valid anymore. There are just so many opportunities. I mean, you don't even have to have internet at home. You can go to the public library, mm -hmm. spend an hour, you know, with your life free library card mm -hmm. on a computer at the U library for free to sell your products through Amazon. So please stop with the excuses. They're just about laziness or, you know, let, let me cut people a break. And say they give up. They defeat it's us. not only laziness, right? It, mm -hmm. It's the, they've been beaten down with this. You can't do it. Yeah. Mentality. That's and true. Why 
why try then? But please, please, you are uh, a victor, not a victim to go back to faith, right? Right. Please, please find uh, religion in your life and understand you are a victor, not a victim. And you indeed can and will become that victor when you put aside that, oh, woe is me, like you said, victim mentality, uh, everybody's out to get me. The mm -hmm. system is rigged. Oh, my God, I don't stand a chance. People, there are people, politicians, who want you to be mired in that attitude. Why? Because they don't care about you. They only care about their power and control. And if they keep you in the victim mindset and dependent, they maintain that power and control over you. Let me let me add to that. Now, I remember I used to always say, <clears throat> like when I do something at a store or something, and I was laughing with the, the attendant, I'd be like, oh, job security. At least you have, uh, at least, you know, someone comes in and like you say, for example, I hate you always putting that out there, but I feel like I go there all the time. Walmart, you see all these things. And I'm, I have a bad habit of going to Walmart. Like I'm a Walmart employee. I start folding up things because we're picking <laughs> up stuff off the floor. And then I have to remind myself, Hey, this is their job security. Just leave it there. Just let them fold it up because if you do it, then they're not going to have a job. It's just like the government. The government needs job security. And what's the job security? They need dependent people. Yep. Exactly. And, and and that's why they haven't pushed any like real gun control stuff. Guns issues have been going on since I wrote it down, 1805. And as of January, we just had another gun issue. We just had another shooting. Yeah. Well, In the again. New Year's. Again, though, let's pretend we can wave the magic wand or do what Nazi Germany did, which is what the leftists want to do. Mm -hmm. and, and they did in, in, in some other nations like Venezuela, which then, of course, is now a fascist state to uh, wave the magic wand and give the power to the government to confiscate all the guns. People are going to just be killing people with rocks and knives and baseball bats, their bare hands, mowing people down with their cars. It's not the object. The problem is humanity and society gotten to the point where we're raising people with the it's only and always about me, 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 me. I don't care about anybody else. What do I get? And I want it now. And it doesn't matter who I hurt to have to get it. And if I've not given it, then somebody's going to pay. You know, again, the victim mentality. And then some of these loons snap and go on mass shooting because they're not taught respect anymore in schools. They're taught, again, participation trophies you're all special and then when they finally get into real world life and discover oh my special. god i'm not special <laughs> you know 
Instead of teaching reality, we peddle fantasy on people and wonder why we have so many people that are screwed up in the head these days. <laughs> well, you know what? I had a hard time with a tooth fairy and um oh. <laughs> and Santa Claus because I just remember like being late on the tooth fairy and I'm like, how am I going to pull this off? And I'm like, you know what? I would have just rather just tell the truth and be like, here, I am. This is the truth. Don't want to say uh -huh. it too loud, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's what somebody else has created. And, and, and I noticed with the, when I was looking at all the mass shooting and all that other stuff, like all of it was, um, someone got angry because, uh, this happened. Like, for example, this one stayed in my head. Um, a teacher had told a student not to mess with their, their bird because it was a special bird that he had in the classroom. So the son, the boy took out the bird and killed it. Oh. And then the teacher took the student and strangulated the student because he was so angry. So then the dad comes in and shoots the, the, um, the teacher. And it's like, Oh uh, an God. escalation pattern. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it was just like the child somehow, some way, because I see the aggression in the father to actually come and shoot a, to, uh, a teacher. So the yeah. aggression where the child, the child must have grabbed onto some sort of aggression for him to go kill the bird. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably got, did he get that from the, uh, the bad education or did he get that at home? Is there some sort, cause you said then the, father shot the teacher so yeah. there may have been issues of violence at home to begin with but back to, we're way off guns here now but it's a good conversation the tooth fairy and santa you know i'm a big believer in letting kids be kids you know when we're talking young kids you know it's fine the tooth fairy and santa and that you know there's plenty of time to introduce reality when they start to get older. You know, yeah. I, this radicalization and pushing of sexuality and pornography in the schools now on grade schoolers is ridiculous. Let kids be kids. I mean, there's no need to get into the, the sex stuff until they start to get older. And that's for the family to deal with, not for some bureaucrat that doesn't care about the child and who knows what crap they're putting into their heads. You know, that's again, back to the village. Uh, you, your family, your friends, your neighbors, that is your responsibility as parents and extended village to raise your child not the system to fill their head full of crap like pornography in grade school. I mean, it's not about pornography itself. It's about age appropriateness. Well, let and me let me sexualization let me stop you on that Seven-year-olds is ridiculous. It's pedophilia. <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you where that all probably started from. It probably started with a parent that somehow accidentally it's always some somebody always ruins it for everybody else 
you know, and then he decides to bring his dad's porno to school. And then all of a sudden that all of the kids, you know, when you're in high school, you see Stickler's mom, all this other stuff. There's yeah, always yeah, yeah. that one kid, that one yeah. kid that learned from his parent that introduces it. And now the government's like, well, what do you want us to do about it? Okay, we'll just go uh, put a Band-Aid on it and put this in the school system. Well, when it actually starts with it. Yeah. yeah, but discussing that at high school is much more age appropriate than peddling pornography by the government, peddling pornographic materials in the school libraries in grade school. Mm. Big difference yeah. between a seven-year-old and a 17-year-old. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. So um, we're going to take a break and come back because we have a couple more um, things we want to talk about. You know, we want to get to the you know the school shooting gun safety we want to talk about you know the federal issues that we have with guns and what is going to happen when we as americans lose the right to our guns what would happen like how would we feel like i mean i'm i'm scared like i'm honestly scared like i don't even like i'm it's not like I'm like, okay, I've got all well, my guns and they're going to yeah. come in here and take all that, my guns. That's that's a quick discussion. Look at Nazi Germany. More modern day. Look at Venezuela. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, you have a real world recent example. <laughs> Venezuela. <laughs> What's the first thing the government did? Took all the guns. Now they're all trying to get across our southern border illegally, mm -hmm. escaping a fascist, tyrannical government in Venezuela. You know, yeah. they they are one of the few people that qualify for asylum because they're actually escaping fascistic government that is killing them. Same with Cubans still. But yet the only people... Joe Biden is turning away our Venezuelans and Cubans, while well, Haitians too. I don't know what the deal is with that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Venezuelans and Cubans actually qualify for asylum, and those are the only people he wants to turn away. <laughs> yeah, well, Biden's got a lot to learn. I mean, he just became president and he's still, it's like when I, when you just started a new job, you still got to learn the ins and outs of it. And then there are some things that you probably don't agree with and you have to go by the book. So who knows what book Biden has to go by because, you know, I'm sure there was a lot well, of things. Well, he's not going by the law book because it, well, the laws are clear. He's ignoring them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Like I said, he's brand new to the game. So he's well, not no, reading he... the books. He, he's been in politics as long as I've been alive. <laughs> then he, it, like I told you, I don't, I don't, I don't speak politics. So, you know, yeah. I'm just he, like, huh? I'm 60 years old. He's been in politics. He's it, it, as long as I've been alive. He's actually been in elective office since the seventies. Oh so God. no, he's not new. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, you know what? I'm I'm learning. I'm learning. Someone told me I needed to learn my politics. So I, I figured the hey, best person to do it is Joseph. <laughs> every, everybody starts somewhere. We are all ignorant of things. We are only stupid 
if when we learn, if we figure out, okay, I am indeed ignorant on this and I need to learn, but refuse mm -hmm. to learn. So we are all ignorant and only stupid if we're unwilling to learn. All right, well, let's uh, hold that note and then we'll get back to uh, discussing all of those issues. Thank you guys for listening and there is more. So stay tuned for the rest of our uh, talk with Joseph Leonard, author. Stay tuned. <laughs> So you're just going to insert some stuff here. <laughs>